0: Good evening, Uh, my name's Andrew, Uh, for those of you who don't know me, and if you're on the live stream, uh, welcome. Uh, The readings for tonight are on pages six and seven and eight of the zine. Indeed, there is an abundance of riches from the scripture tonight. Uh, There is a reading of Psalm 44, which is pages six and seven, and then you'll see on pages seven and eight, there is a reading from the letter to the Hebrews, uh, chapter one, chapter 11, and chapter 12, I will only be reading uh, from the letter to the Hebrews, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, uh, but I'll turn now and commence with uh, Psalm 44. For the director of music, the sons of Korah, a maskell. We have heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. With your hand, you drove out the nations and planted our ancestors. You crushed the peoples and made our ancestors flourish. It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. You are my king and my God, who decrees victories for Jacob. Though you, Through you we push back our enemies. Through your name we trample our foes." I put no trust in my bow, my sword does not bring me victory. But you gave us victory over our enemies, you put our adversaries to shame. In God, we make our boast all day long and we will praise your name forever. But now you have rejected and humbled us, you no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy and our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for a pittance, gaining nothing from their sale. You have made us a reproach to our neighbours, the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations. The peoples shake their heads at us. I live in disgrace all day long and my head is covered with shame at the taunts of those who reproach and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. All this came upon us, though we had not forgotten you. We had not been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back, our feet had not strayed from your path, but you crushed us and made us a horn for jackals. You cover us over with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, Would not God have discovered it, since he knows the secrets of the heart? Yet for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. And from the letter to the Hebrews, just uh, verses 1 to 3 of chapter 12, which is on page 8. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is the word of the Lord. And the text over the page
1: is remarkable, the uh, Hebrews 11 and 12 and uh, i'll be referring to them in our message you can meditate on those words yourself tonight shall i pray let's pray father many of us here we want to live as disciples of christ to learn from him to love him to live like him to follow him more deeply in in 2021 and yet we recognize the bumps along the way show us the road that you have marked out for us in jesus name Amen. So I've been thinking about first aid in this summer teaching series, with apologies, uh, to all you medicos who actually know stuff. I don't know stuff, although I am first aid trained. First aid is at least these three things. The first two, you'll know. The third one might be a new reflection. A first. Uh, it is administered immediately at the accident. Of course, it is the aid you offer first. Consequently and secondly, it isn't ultimate aid. Uh, You'll need longer-term help, uh, but you need the first aid in order to get the longer-term help, to get the more serious help. Now, they're obvious, first aid, and then you're looking for subsequent help. The third reflection is that first aid can be offered by anyone, not just the professionals. It can be offered by anyone, not just the professionals. And Melissa's going to help us to think this through on Rivendell. Even people who are not trained in first aid offer first aid. They arrive at the scene, what can I do to help? Of course, we can all train in first aid, get better at it, etc. Now, I'm not here, obviously, to talk to you about Red Cross or St. John's Ambulance, as good as they are, or or even physical wounds. I'm here to talk to you tonight about spiritual wounds. This is a series in first aid to discipleship. The series assumes you want to be a disciple, that you want to live like Jesus, learn from him, love him. But the series also assumes that you can be derailed, that you can stumble on the journey, that you can... Fall over and bleed faith, that you'll need help along the way. So, if you were to stumble in your faith, how could we help you? That's what the series is all about. How can we tend to the wound? And by we, I mean you, I mean each other, Uh, not just the professionals. You helping the person next to you, you helping the person in your community group, etc., etc. This week, what first aid could we offer to the person who doubts that God speaks? The person who thinks of God as inactive or not present, not showing himself, maybe even not there, you wonder. Francis Schaeffer wrote about this some 50 or 60 years ago in a book called God is There and He is Not Silent. He wrote this, It is important to remember that it is not improper for people to ask these questions. You're gonna find out, of course not. Psalmists ask them. God inspired people to ask these questions. He says, and Christians should point out that there is no answer to these questions except that God is there and he is not silent, the name of his book. Students and other young people should not be told to keep quiet when they ask these questions. They'll bubble up anyway. They are right to ask them, but we should make it plain to them that these are the only answers. He's there and he's not silent. It is this or nothing. Now that there is is an example of first aid, even if you don't like the answer, to assert that God is there and he's not silent. Obviously, he makes a case for this in his book. So, four things. Uh, And you can follow on the outline on page 9. And if you are writing notes, I'm not expecting that you are, but you probably want to pull out your pen at point 3. Should I say, you're not going to believe point 3. We go to the wound first, then some triage, some sorting out, some some, uh, reasons why we'll get to that. Then the first aid, and then one word for some long-term help. The wound, triage... First aid, some long term help. That makes sense? Everyone know where we're going? Go on, give me some non Anglican feedback. Thank you. Be- behind all those masks. <laughs> Firstly, the wound. The wound is simple, and ma- many of you might feel it very keenly. It can be summed up in a single question Where is God when it hurts? And it's a question asked throughout the Bible mercifully. He's silent, you say, or at least he appears to be so. The irony is not lost on me that the wound in discipleship is this I'm bleeding, and God isn't there to tend the wound. God who binds the brokenhearted. Yet the psalmists say this very, they say it. It would appear that God has rejected me. That's right there in Psalm 44, that he isn't there for me, or that he isn't there at all. And that's scary. The psalmists regularly ask this in the form of God hiding his face from me, of which Psalm 44 is an example. Psalm 44, verse 24, awake, Lord. Why do you sleep? The psalmist assumes that God is asleep, as if he could be asleep. It's a metaphor. Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face instead of show your face? And, and why do you forget our misery and oppression? Now, I want you later on perhaps to meditate on the psalm and see if it's not within your experience. But let me just quickly break apart the psalm for you. And follow with me on pages uh, 6 and 7. In verses 1 to 3, the psalmist basically says, I know my Bible. I've heard it. We heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. I know about Genesis. I know about Abraham. I know about the Exodus. I know about the conquest here in verses 2 and 3. I read my Bible, and I can see that you acted then. It was your right hand, your arm, the light of your face... For you loved them in verses four to uh, to eight he says and yet god i'm still with you it's not that i've left you you are my king and my god verse 6 i put no trust in my bow but in verses 9 through 12 he says but you aren't with me i'm with you verses four to seven four, four to eight but verses nine but you aren't with me i'm with you you're not with me you appear to have rejected and humbled us, verse 9, verse 11, you gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. Now, this clearly has some historical context, but stay with me. In verses 13 to 16, the psalmist says, therefore, the society around us mocks us, the sort of secular society laughs at us. Verse 13, you have made us, approach to our neighbors look at what the evangelicals are doing and voting for there's the death of evangelicalism right there you see and in verses 17 through 22 he makes clear that this feeling he has about being rejected by god it's not through his own sin it's it's not happening because i'm not willing i am willing i want to hear his voice verse 17 All this came upon us, though we had not forgotten you. We hadn't. Our hearts had not turned back. But verse 19, you crushed us. In verse 22, the psalmist profoundly then says something that the Apostle Paul quotes confidently in reverse. Psalm 44, verse 22, the psalmist says, Yet for your sake, God, we face death all day long, and that's not good. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Paul will use that same verse and say, therefore, we're more than conquerors. We'll come to the resurrection in a few moments' time. But the psalm finishes with, Awake, Lord, while you're sleeping, rouse yourself, don't reject us. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? And the final call, rise up, God, help us. Rescue us because of your chesed, your unfailing love. This issue of the science of God, by the way, is an issue for Christians. This isn't for you if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you, you probably think, of course he doesn't speak. I know what speaking is, you might say, audible voices, and I don't get that, and anybody who claims to have it. I don't, I don't believe them. You could say that. But this is actually a, a position of Christians. This is what Christians feel. Christians believe that God is there and he is not silent. It's the voice. This is George, by the way. Welcome, George. <laughs> Do you want to give George a welcome? George has been to church three times today, which is... Twice less than I have. <laughs> is the voice of God in English or in Hebrew? You know what? I might address that. At, I might address that at the very end of this message, because I think I know exactly how to weave that in. Do you mind holding on for just a little while? Is that okay. I'll, I'll address this in just a. Sorry, I'll address it in just a moment's time, George. All I want to say at the moment is, if you feel this issue, it might well be because faith is keenly alive in you you actually believe that god has spoken by his prophets by christ jesus and is still speaking by his spirit you believe it which is what makes the silence of god more painful for you psalm 95 today if you hear his voice you believe that Psalm says do not harden your hearts now i'm trying not to philip yancey wrote a very important book that's worth reading called disappointment with god And he writes in there that true atheists do not i presume feel disappointed in god not true atheists they expect nothing and receive nothing but those who commit their lives to god instinctively expect something in return his voice so yancey writes i settle on these three questions is god unfair is he silent is god hidden and i scour the bible Looking for clues. Now, can I say personally, this is my issue? This is Justin Moffat's issue. When we sat down to powwow the series, I said, no, I want this one. I faced the question of the science of God my whole adult life. And I have scoured the Bible and I find in it that the voice of God is all the way through the Bible, Genesis through to Revelation. And yet the silence of God, or the testimony of His silence, is also throughout the whole Bible. It appears there's twin tracks, and they come together in faith. I'll come to that in a few moments' time. Faith in the silence. It is my issue, but I assure you that I'm in Christ, so I hear His voice every time Scripture is read. I read my Bible, and so I know not to expect audibility. I know not to expect audibility even if it happens from time to time i know that god presses in me his word by his spirit and i have had intense moments in the past where god's spirit has pressed on me and brought out uncontrollable tears i know all that but still it isn't easy When you want something so desperately to seek the face of god and you feel like he's hidden his face from you example i went for six years praying for a particular issue when i was younger real tender years six straight years of wanting an answer from god six years of praying each night and every night every night for six years for something in particular a problem I was facing and six years every morning I got up and received nothing and I trusted him in that period but it was hard you know when people say to me you know I've been praying for six months for something hasn't come through I'm like okay you know and I know there's people who have prayed for much longer than six years I've got mentors of mine who say that there's they believe the reason I still believe in Jesus is that God was teaching me something in his silence but at the time it was awful now my prayer was answered by the surgeon's knife and you can ask me about this uh, after the service but it was hard there was a wound and it was a spiritual one c.s lewis in a grief observed says this he says when you're happy things could be fine but go to him when your need is desperate when all other help is in vain, and what do you find? He says, sometimes a door slammed in your face, a sound of bolting and double bolting on the inside, ka-chung, ka-chung, and after this, silence. This is the testimony of some of the psalmists and others. So briefly, some triage. It's important to stop and realize that there are several reasons theologically why you may not hear his voice, One of them for example being that you're expecting god's voice to be like human voices that happens to samuel he hears the word samuel three times and he thinks it's his dad so whatever he heard it was a real voice and whatever he heard it sounded like his father's voice but paul writes to the christians in thessalonica and he thanks god that they could pick god's voice in the preaching of the word he says we thank god that when you received the word of God, which you heard from our lips, you accepted that word, not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe." Now there's a dynamic going on right there. And that requires some attention. Another reason is that we see intense spiritual moments as the only proof that God exists. For example, a miracle. But Philip Yancey in his book points out that even Abraham, who's our model of faith, received over 25 years only three specific words from God. And that message that you'll have a child and that child will be the father of nations through which the salvation of the world will come, that promises about Jesus Christ. And he's 75 years old when he's promised he's going to have a baby. He has a baby at 100 years old. That's 25 years of disappointment with only three words from God. Yancey points out this is the model of faith, to trust God even with six years between perceived drinks. Sometimes God is silent because people are hard-hearted and refuse to hear his voice. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, Psalm 95. We find out that God hides his face when people go cold to him when they don't want to hear him he doesn't make himself clear to them if that's you then i want to send you to a gospel and ask you to read it again with adult questions or i'd ask you to join one of our christianity explored courses but sometimes it's the silence of god in the face of evil or the silence of god in the face of suffering why isn't he acting why isn't he doing anything why is the world going to pot why do I pray for six years and don't appear to get an answer? Some pray for longer, as I, I said a moment ago. How can you be Horatio Spafford who has such loss and say, It is well, it is well with my soul? But let's just be clear it's the faith itself, the promise of God that He is a speaking God, that sometimes gives rise to the feeling that God just isn't there for you. It's that you believe that He speaks that makes the silence so painful. In many ways, your faith itself taunts you. And to fill this over a long period of time without administering spiritual first aid to each other or looking for some long-term treat, treatment can be fatal to faith. You need an answer, a way forward. So thirdly, let's uh, do some first aid. We've been doing some already, but let's draw some things together. Six things, if you're writing notes. First thing, first thing I'd say to you, first thing we could say to each other. First, you are not alone. I mean, for one, I'm with you. You're not alone. The psalmist felt it. Abraham felt it. Job felt it, silence in the face of suffering. Hannah felt it, silence in the face of unanswered prayer. Habakkuk felt it, he's your man. If uh, you feel silence in the face of wickedness, why isn't God cleaning up the dang world? King David felt silence in loneliness. He felt it regularly. And he described it as thirst. You're not alone. Christina Rossetti wrote one of my favorite hymns. In it she says, My faith burns low, my hope burns low. Only my heart's desire cries out in me from the deep thunder of its wanton woe, cries out to thee. It's the psalmists. First, you're not alone. Second, be careful what you wish for. Bishop Rob Forsyth helped me with this one. In the Bible, to see God is too holy for sinners like you and me. Exodus 33, God says, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. In Hebrews, we read about such a voice speaking in the exodus at sinai that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded are you ready to hear the voice of god or just the the imagination of your own mind when you discover after all that god agrees with you some people want to hear the voice of god as proof of his his existence a test Dance, God, dance. But he doesn't dance. What if his word to you, what if you discovered meant that you had to change? What if you discovered that you had to repent? What if you discovered that you had to yield to his will, even at a point in which you didn't want to yield to his will? Even if he challenged your most cherished and precious notions and prejudices and ideas? Do you really want God, or are you just looking for God to dance? You're not alone, firstly. Secondly, be careful what you wish for. Third, check your expectations. The truth is there are many forms of communication on earth. And so it is with faith. I mean, I love Audible, by the way. I love being able to hear And I know brothers and sisters of mine who are deaf and to hear them speak about the experience of being deaf is a rich and beautiful experience, but you know, I don't wish it upon anybody. At 11 o'clock every single day, if you watch the news, you can see another form of communication in terms of sign language. And so it is with faith. You may experience an audible voice from God and if you have, I want to hear your story. I would love to hear your story. You may feel the joyful weight of his presence that drives you to tears. I know that experience. But in the Bible, God's voice is not just the intimacy of audibility, as profound as that is, as great as that would be. For example, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim his work day after day. They what? They pour forth speech. Are you listening? as you look up and experience the world around you. I mean, there's always a David Attenborough on Sunday night after church. Go and watch it. Turn the sound down and watch it. Pouring forth speech. The power and visibility of God, make, making known his power. Hebrews 1, and the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in many times and in various ways. He speaks through the Old Testament. Those words in the Bible are like a letter from God. And when you read them, you're hearing his voice. The writer of Hebrews wrote to people who were tired. (laughs) They were being persecuted and they needed needed first aid in both senses of the the word, spiritual and physical. And the writer says, look to Jesus, read a gospel, repent and believe. Hold on to him as your only hope and don't, don't not hear his voice. He says, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. God speaks to us by Christ Jesus. In verse 3, he's the exact representation of God's being. You want to know what God's like? Read a gospel. Get to know Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. He's dealt with your sin and he's seated at the right hand of God and he is with us here in his spirit. He's given us a gospel. He's given you a Bible. So if your expectation is a letter in the mail next week from God, or an audible voice, or a miracle with a time limit on it, now, he may give you those things, praise God, more than you ask or imagine. But he has given you Jesus Christ. And so Hebrews says, "'See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks.'" Check your expectations. He's speaking by Christ Jesus. He's speaking through his word. Fourth, beg him to show his face. Do it. Do what the psalmists do. Fifth, look around you. There are models of faith, faith in God in the silence, and you want to find those people and ask them how they did it. And don't wait for a cheap and easy answer talk for hours if you have to and they're all around you by the way because i know half of you and the stories you have of faith in the silence is so rich there's not enough intentionality there are models in the bible hebrews 11 verse 32 what more shall i say i don't have time i mean time's up i don't have time to talk about gideon Barak, Sant, and david samuel and the prophets. some of them experienced suffering with no answer They were tortured, they refused to be released, so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers, some faced flogging, even chains and imprisonment. Some were sawn in two, and I bet you when they were sawn in two, they weren't hearing the voice of God. Maybe the presence of God in that moment. The writer of Hebrews says these were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us, for all of us, so that only together with us in the resurrection would they be made perfect. Play the long game. You have models around you. You have models throughout history. You have models in the Bible. Go look at them. Six, look to Jesus. The writer of Hebrews says, chapter 12, verse One, he says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, even if you're limping, and fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And he's the beginner and the finisher of our faith because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He's the model of discipleship, scorning at shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him so that you will not grow weary or lose heart discipleship is following Jesus learning from him listening to him loving him living like him but if you follow Jesus Christ you'll follow him to the cross where lo and behold he trusted God even in the silence my God my God why hast thou forsaken me is at the heart of discipleship consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose to heart. There's some first aid. Fourth and finally, some long-term help. The long-term help I've got for you is just to stay in Christ for the long haul. Play the long game. Jesus said, the one who stands firm till the end will be saved. Eugene Peterson calls it a long obedience in the same direction without deviation. Philip Yancey tells the story of a pastor who's tired and disappointed. He tells it in his book, Reaching for the Invisible God, which is very important for me in my moment of crisis. This pastor, his congregation are critical, that never happens. His family are unappreciative unappreciative in that moment and his faith is low. His ministry and his heart are dry, and so his church sends him on a retreat, a spiritual retreat, where he is assigned a spiritual advisor who listens closely to his story over a long weekend. She listens with empathy, empathy and she feels for him. At the end of the retreat, she says to him, according to Yancey, she says to him, well, you know what to do, when the well runs dry, don't you? And the pastor said, look, no, I don't know. what I'm here here for help. She said, well, you know it. You already know what to do when the well runs dry. He says, know what? She says, dig deeper. Not in the sense of find the resources within, which is what a coach tells an elite athlete. No, that's not what she meant. But rather she meant, if you believe that the water is there, that your well is in the right place, that Jesus is living water, if you believe that Christ is the answer, then don't go wandering off after other voices, of which there will be many. There are a dinner voices all vying for your attention. Stay there. Remain in Christ. Abide in him. Remain in the vine. Read his word. Believe him, even in the silence. And you will, and here it is, George. Well, I think I get to answer your question. You will hear his voice in the form that will allow you to live. For me, it's in English. To truly live as I hear the gospel, let it rummage around in my soul. As I read the Bible and as God presses in on me by the power of his spirit, I'll hear his voice in the form that allows me to live. It's because of the resurrection of Jesus that the Apostle Paul can say, can flip Psalm 44. Paul writes, because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, he says, yet for your sake, not God's sake, but the Corinthians' sake, your sake, we face death all day long, happy to be killed, he says. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered, he says. No, in Christ, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's pray. Father these are genuine issues that trigger many thoughts and feelings inside many of us we some of us hear your voice regularly and feel uh, content about you and the way you speak to them and some of us are suffering or looking at the world around us and asking ourselves how long will you hide your face from us Father we're not alone You have inspired in your holy scriptures many words many prophets many psalmists who questioned you that's profound they questioned you we have friends and family who have dug deep remaining in christ drinking living water from that well and we have jesus christ the author and perfecter of our faith help us to fix our eyes on him not losing heart We pray this for Christ's sake. Amen.